are now listening to the King's Court. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the King's Court, presented by SatKingsNation.com and sponsored by All Purpose Insurance. Joining me today, the one and only Greg Wisinger of SacktownRoyalty.com. Greg, how are you? I'm doing good. How are you doing, man? Oh, you know, like I said, like I said before the show started, living life to the fullest, the best way that I can, Greg, the best way that I can. Quick, <laughs> right off the top, right off the top, having a Sacktown royalty person on the show for the first time, and I think about five months, six months, I think I had Tony Zipteris on uh, recently as well. Uh, but I have to ask you, Greg, because news struck the Kings fans uh, all throughout Sacramento and all throughout my Twitter timeline. What is going on with Sacktown royalty? How did you take that news that, you know, they're basically cleaning house over there. What's going on? Yeah, it was, uh, it was tough news to hear. Uh, so we found out, uh, at the same time, everyone else did, they announced it publicly and then shot us an email a few minutes later, uh, wow. that, uh, they told us in December that effective end of March, uh, basically they were going to get rid of any contractors who were working, living in the state of California or working on a California team site. Uh, so even though I live in Colorado and the AB5 law doesn't actually apply to me, uh, they're still getting rid of us anyway. <laughs> wow. Um, but, you know, from, you know, bad comes the good, right? So, you know, a door closes and a window opens or whatever the saying is. Mm -hmm. uh, so the group of us, since there's like 14 of us on staff at Sacktown Royalty, we all just decided – Let's just do our own thing. So uh, we announced just a couple days ago, uh, the new site is going to be called the King's Herald, and it's going to be launching in April. And uh, basically, the idea is it's going to be the same type of content, um, you know, the the same people, the same contributors, the same uh, level of coverage, probably better level of coverage, honestly, just because we'll be working for ourselves and benefiting from our own efforts a little bit more. So. Um, yeah, more details to come, but I can tell you we've been doing a lot of work behind the scenes, and uh, I think people are going to be really excited with what we're going to be rolling out. Yeah, I'm, I'm definitely going to be one of those that are excited. I mean, I, I, I stumbled onto you guys before I I was even doing podcasts, you know, so I'm a huge Sacktown Royalty fan to hear that news, to see that news, and to re read that piece, and then to see you guys tweeting that, hey, we just got this email, you know, 20 minutes after it came out. Um it was pretty mind-blowing to me. But, yeah, you brought up the King's Herald. I'm definitely excited about that. I also seen, Greg, that I believe you're doing stuff for the SAC B. Yeah, so another cool thing that kind of came out of it was um, kind of in the wake of all of that, the the B reached out, and me and Inaki and, and Richard Ivanowski, who have all three of us have been with Sacktown Royalty, uh, we've all started writing as freelancers for the B. That'll keep going for a while. Uh, it's separate from what we're doing with the King's Herald, so one does not negate the other. Uh, so, like, uh, me and Ak here doing uh, weekly columns for the B, and then Richard's writing a couple of times a week right now. He's uh, doing a little bit more for them. But, uh, yeah, just kind of a, a nice opportunity to continue working and, and expanding our reach and expanding our audience. Yeah, for sure. I, I, I shared it right away. I love sharing good work. And like I said, I was a fan of you guys prior to even doing podcasts, prior to starting up my own site and doing my own thing. So uh, as soon as I read good t content, I definitely share it. So I definitely share your guys' stuff every time I, I see it pop up. So I'm glad you guys are doing well. I'm definitely excited for that Kings Herald, but I think it's time to start talking about some Kings basketball. What do you think? 
Absolutely. But real quick, I will plug while I've got us on the topic. Follow at the King Herald on Twitter. Uh, you know, we as part of the transition, we had to start kind of a new Twitter account. So we want to make sure everyone knows that that's where you can follow us to make sure you don't miss anything. Uh, say that one more time because it seems as if your mic cut out a little bit. You said at the what? At the King's Herald. Yeah, I heard you. I just wanted you to say it again, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> make sure make sure everyone hears that plug nice and clear so everyone go go follow them on twitter all social media platforms uh I, i'm assuming you guys are going to have podcasts what's going on before we continue on while while we have these five minutes here to talk about and promote you guys uh what's going on with the Sacktown royalty show you guys just going to call it the king's herald show now what, what special names you guys thinking of over there for your guys's podcasts yeah, so uh, with the podcast, it's going to continue as it has. Uh, obviously, it'll change name. It won't be called the Sacktown Royalty Show anymore, but uh, we've had Bradley Geyser hosting it for a while now. He's going to keep going with He's that. Um, you know, as, as time goes on, you know, we may expand the podcast and, and kind of what that looks like, but uh, nothing should change there. We have control of that kind of that feed. So if you're subscribed, everything should transition over seamlessly there. Perfect, perfect, perfect. Now, Kings Herald, you guys go follow them. Don't don't fret. Your Sacktown royalty people are still going to be with you. They're just might might be changing the name, but same same crew still going to be there. So you guys definitely go follow them at the Kings Herald uh, on Twitter and all social media platforms and get ready for some good content. Now, Greg, let's start talking about some Kings because these Kings that I keep seeing on the court, I don't know which one I'm looking at. Is it the one that's going to go on like a five-game skid where they just can't figure out what they're doing on the court? Or are we going to see this Kings team that beats the Grizzlies their first night back after the All-Star break? I mean, it's kind of a bit of a confusing thing to see all season long. What have your thoughts been on this team, their transition from going fast to slow to now fast again, and, and Luke Walton's rotations? Just what, What's your thoughts on this team in general? Well, Anyone who has uh, followed me or, or read anything I've written knows that I'm not a real big fan of how this season has gone. Absolutely. Uh, I, I mean, the Kings had a, a very clear identity built around the, you know, the differentiating ability of De'Aaron Fox and his speed. And uh, Walton negated that with slowing down the pace and kind of putting the training wheels back on. And I, I know he said there were reasons for that as far as trying to, to learn, but they weren't learning or showing development in the areas uh, he was saying they were going to improve in. So I don't know if it was accomplishing anything by slowing them down other than making them really painful to watch for a lot of games. Um, they still, even though they're playing faster now, they're still so hit or miss, kind of what you were saying there, that you never know what team you're getting on any given night. Like, the game and we're recording this on Friday night. So last night's game against Memphis was awesome. Like that's the Kings that we thought we were getting this season. They played quick. They had good ball movement. You know, everyone was kind of pitching in and contributing. The rotations you know, on defense three, were sharp. Good three point shooting, like all the things we thought we were getting this season, but then they'll go out and blow a couple of games that seem easily winnable. I mean, the whole time, I don't know about you, but last night I just kept waiting because Memphis kept going on those runs, you know, 11-2, 10-2. You know, I kept waiting for the Kings to not respond because that's what they've done most of the year. Uh, but to their credit, they held them off. They they kept responding when they had to, and, and that's good to see. But it's just been frustrating because we haven't seen consistency from the team this season. Yeah, and I, I agree with that 100%. I even think fans are, are, are just starting to get to that point now where they've seen this enough, like – 
they they can't keep saying, oh, you know, th- this person still has shine. We're still young. We're still growing. I mean, we're we're over a decade now of saying th- those type of things. And after a promising end to last season, heading into this 2019-20 season, everyone was, you know, fingers crossed battling that this team was going to be battling for that eighth seed. And while it looked like they had that potential because the West looked like it was sluggish to start off the year, the Kings looked sluggish to start off the year never seem to warm up off of that slug. They never seem to stretch out, iron out none of the kinks. It just seems like they're still having some kinks, having some issues. Um, but now, you know, obviously I believe they've won four out of their last six games, and that's including their first game after the break. Solid solid momentum there. But then The Athletic puts out this you know, article saying that Vivek and Vladi aren't seeing eye to eye, the frustrations with this season. Uh, you... I, I don't know if you have, but if you did read that, Greg, what were your thoughts coming out of that article? And then do you think that reflected in how they played coming out of the all-star break? So for me, there was a couple things I took away from it. One was that it, from a positive standpoint, it tells me that, you know, if, if we believe everything in the article and we take everything at face value, because there's always spin, right? There's, there's always people spinning and kind of pushing their own agendas or narratives, but if we take the article at face value, it tells us that Vivek has let Vladi make the calls for the last couple of years because it says that you know he wanted Luka Doncic just like a lot of fans did, but he allowed Vladi to make the pick uh, that his front office agreed upon, which was Marvin Bagley. Uh, that obviously has not gone the way that anyone hoped, uh, as far as you know the front office or the Kings or even Kings fans because. I wanted Doncic, but as soon as they took Bagley, I hoped I was wrong. You know, I wanted Bagley to to be the better player. I wanted Bagley to be as great as he could be, and I still do. But it, it obviously has not gone on the same trajectory that Lucas' career has gone. He looks like just one of the great players in this league, just like a lot of people said he would be. Um, so it, it's encouraging from an ownership standpoint because realistically, Vivek's probably going to be the owner for a very long time. It's encouraging that he seems to have backed off a little bit from the meddling that we saw in his early days, uh, that he's going to make his opinions known, but he's going to let his front office make their decisions. That ultimately is important, regardless of who the front office is. You have to trust them and let them make their decisions. And then if they make wrong decisions, you can hold them accountable, but you can't hold a front office accountable if Vivek is making the calls for them. Uh, so I consider that a positive, a silver lining, if you will. Uh, but it also tells me that Vivek is not going to just sit by and, and pretend everything's great when there was obviously a big mistake made, uh, which is also good. I mean, it, it's difficult to expect another offseason of chaos because that's what getting rid of Vlade would do. It would raise questions of Walton's future. And, you know, there's the debate that uh, Sam Amick kind of hinted at that, you know, do you value continuity and not disrupting things? You know, maybe give it another year. But on the flip side, can you afford to give it another year? And I think that that's a valid question. Um, it sounds like Vladi's on the hot seat. It remains to be seen if uh, Vivek will make a change this offseason. Uh, but, away, you know, it's... Away from the draft then, just so we're <laughs> on this topic still. Yeah. Is Do you think Vladi has done enough to carry into next season let's say he's on the hot seat fine he has does he deserve the opportunity to say one more year give me one more year with my coach the players that i assemble 
because I mean, let's be honest. And I was talking to my co-host Joe Morgan about this prior to our uh, us recording earlier today. He said you still have to give Vladi credit for the time that he has been here in this in this aspect. Before he came in, all you would hear about are leaks from the front office from here, here, and here. Uh, oh, whispers there. And you haven't really heard much of that at all since Vladi in his basically has gotten the extension, right? You haven't really heard much coming out of that front office in terms of, you know, whispers of this happening, whispers of that happening. So with that said, I do agree that he has done a good job just putting together a team that works together, right? In ter- in, in that front office, but does that does that is that enough, Greg, to carry him over into the following season? So twenty twenty one season for him to get one more shot with this group of guys and then how how long of a leash do you give them like if they start struggling at the gate do you fire him then like what are your thoughts has Vladi done enough to hold his job so first i i reject the notion that they're that he stopped the leaks i mean this year we haven't seen a lot but this time last year brandon williams was campaigning for marvin bagley over dave yeager and doing it through the media <laughs> like and you know he still stuck around through the end of last season so we're less than a full season removed from power plays in the media and obviously the discord in the front office between Vivek and Vladi and you know the satisfaction with the coaching staff all that still got to Sam Amick so I don't think you can even give him credit for stopping the leaks because that stuff is still out there yeah it's not like there's radio silence um it pains me to say it because I, I absolutely love Vlade as the person. Uh, he was one of my favorite Kings. He's a fun personality. I love having him around. I just don't know that he should be the decision maker. I, I don't even know that it's necessarily a matter of getting rid of him, but I think it's more move him back to the position he was originally brought in to play. Before they got rid of Pete Alessandro, Vlade was hired as kind of the overall idea guy, the the big picture guy, not the day-to-day GM, not the guy making the deals, just kind of the guy who shaped culture and kind of the, the Jerry West, if you will, but not involved the in the day-to-day. The exactly. The face. And not even necessarily the face, because it's not like Vladdy's not going to be the guy holding a press conference every month and, and kind of spinning things. That's not what he's really there for, but just kind of the glue guy, if you will, of a front office. And I would be perfectly happy to see Vladi stay on, but just bring in someone to be the general manager. Like, let Vladi be president. I don't really care if he's president and still around and, you know, can still, you know, talk with the players and be involved in discussions, but just don't have him be the decision maker. Um, I think the Kings need a real GM who has experience because Vladi's made a lot of mistakes and he's gotten a very long leash you know, not just from ownership, but even from fans, if he wasn't as beloved as he is, I don't think he would have gotten the, the credit that fans are willing to oftentimes give him. I mean, picking Bagley over Doncic was flying in the face of the conventional wisdom. He was basically saying that he was smarter than everyone else and he got it wrong. Like that's a fireable offense. That's was it that, or was it, that more, gets... was it that, or was it more of him trying to say, Hey, if even if you're a top guy, you know we're a franchise that's changing uh, internally. I mean, we want these top prospects to come work out with us, and Bagley was the only one that was like, "Okay, I want to be there. I want to be the number two pick." You know that that's how I that's how I read the situation was. 
Bagley was the only one of the top five prospects that wanted to actually work out in Sacramento, and Vladi rode that. He was like, you know what? He wants to be here. That's our guy. Trust in it. Trust in it. And oh, and then there was those whispers of Doncic wanting to stay overseas. But then in that same breath, we saw that picture of Vivek, Vladi, and Doncic all out to dinner. So I don't know what's all happening there, but just just real quickly here, Greg, because obviously we have to keep going on here. Uh, do you think Vladi has done enough to keep his job for another season, or do you think it's just time by the time this season ends? If they're not in the playoffs, it's time to make the the decision to let him go. You know, it's a good question. I don't think he's done enough. I mean, the things that he's gotten right, I just don't think outweigh the things he's gotten wrong. Again, I'm fine if he wants to still be part of the organization. I have no problem with that. I'd love having the guy be involved. But I think the Kings would benefit from a switch where they bring in a more experienced person to be the day-to-day GM and decision maker. Well, for now, we still have him. And he actually made some moves before the NBA trade deadline. They traded away Dwayne Dedman, got back Alex Len and Jabari Parker. What were your thoughts on that move ultimately and, and, and how those two players fit in with this roster? Uh, I mean, it's fine getting off of Dedman's money. I mean, it was a signing that I thought was going to be great. I was really excited about it. It didn't work out. You know, whether that was because of Walton, whether that was because of Deadman, a combination of the two. I, I think it's probably a combination of the two, but um, they were able to get off his long-term money. Uh, they save a little bit of money against the cap next season. They put Deadman in a good spot, which looks good. You know, you sign here, it doesn't work out, we're going to still take care of you. You know, they kind of sent him back home where he was comfortable playing and he was probably happy to be back in Atlanta. Um as far as what they got back, Alex Lynn is fine. He, he's not anything exciting. He's an expiring. He'll be gone after the season in all likelihood. Um, what about Baysborn? You know, well, uh, we were talking about the Hawks trade, though. So oh, yeah, yeah. Sorry, 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 Parker? Sorry. Yeah, yeah, sorry. Parker, Parker. <laughs> yes, Jabari. Then we'll get to Portland. Yes. Sorry, I'm excited about so, Baysborn. Sorry, I'll tell you why. But <laughs> So, Parker's fine. I mean, the he... He's much older body wise than his actual age. Like, I was surprised to learn he's like younger than Buddy Heald. Uh, right. It, it just feels like he's been in the league forever. Um, and it's unfortunate because he was such a skilled player, and, and you can still see glimpses of that skill, but just injuries have robbed him of his athleticism. Like, his knees are just shot. And so he's not the player he once was. He's more of a four, he can't really play the wing. Uh, we, we saw him against Memphis play a few minutes at the five just because the Kings are so depleted with injuries. That was an um, interesting lineup, though. It was horrible, <laughs> but it was so interesting seeing – because I'm not, I'm not taking shots at anybody, but Parker looks like you can definitely tell he's been injured for a little while. Like, that, that's yeah. just me. He just looks like he's been injured for a little while. So it was, yeah, it was no. interesting seeing him at that five position using that big body. I mean, Parker's – Fine. I mean, he's he's not expensive. I mean, it's not like you're getting him on that deal that Chicago signed him to the, the offseason. The Kings wanted him. Uh, but it's fine. You know, you're getting a look at a guy. He's going to be inexpensive next year. You can maybe package him in a trade next year or over the summer or, you know, keep him or whatever. You know, it's inconsequential. You know, six million dollars is not much against an, an NBA salary cap. And th- there's worse guys to be taking over roster spots. I don't hate Parker, but I'm not excited. I'm not. Uh, counting on him to be much of anything because you know just it's an unfortunate case nothing against him it's just 
injuries have made it to where he's probably not going to be what his promise once was. Uh, he can be a role player. He can give you some okay bench minutes, but that's about it. Now let's move on to the Kent Bazemore. Basically what happened in that trade is whoever we got from Portland, we just gave him back, and then they gave us Kent Bazemore. <laughs> that's, that's, how I, that's how I saw that trade. But and I, and, I, and I told you I was excited for Kent Bazemore. This is the reason why. I've been on the Kent Bazemore hype train for a little too long. And I've just never, I've, and I've never got off the train. I've just rode it. So when I saw Kent Bazemore, I was a Kent Bazemore fan when he was with the Lakers. That's how long I've been a Kent Bazemore fan for all those people out there. When Kent Bazemore came to the Kings, my initial reaction was finally someone that I root for from a distance for absolutely no reason at all. Now I have a reason to root for him. He's on the Kings. I actually like him. I think he's a good combo guard. I think the defensive potential is there. I think that he can come at a very reasonable price. He's not a, he's at that like 20, I think he's 29, right? So he's not like too old. He could be in his 30s, I don't know. Uh but he's one of those players that he can do a little he's that he gives you the complete singles across the board. Blocks, steals, three-pointers, rebounds, assists. I mean, he doesn't do anything excellent in my mind. I mean, he's just he just is on the court and he's willing to be where he needs to be. And you can take that as a as a good thing or a bad thing. I I seem to take it as a good thing because I'm a fan. But uh, what were your thoughts of the Kings acquiring Kent Bazemore? Yeah, Bazemore was always one of those guys I kind of liked, but I I never paid that close attention to. But I've loved him since he's been here. I I wrote about this in one of my articles for the B that he's been awesome. He's been everything that the Kings have kind of hoped to get from a veteran wing. You know, it's kind of what they expected. Trevor Ariza to be, but he wasn't, you know, <laughs> Bazemore's been, Bazemore's had great effort, great energy. Like you can always count on him. He gets in the game. He's going to give it his all. You know, there's never that play where it looks like he's kind of checked out. Uh, he's, I think he's a really good defender. Uh, that's always kind of been his, his elite skill was defense. And he's probably lost a little bit of a step just because like you said, he's pushing 30, but uh, he's still, a good pesky defender. He's got good length. You know, he's active on defense, a smart defender and, and, but just the energy and the hustle and that spark. And what I wrote about when I wrote about him for the B was that it's almost kind of that, that Amon Schumper that they've been missing since last trade deadline. Mm-hmm. You know, that, that guy who comes off the bench, um, you know, I, I think that Baysmore just from a general presence, I think he may be more of a net positive than, than Shumpert. Cause Shumpert, another guy whose injuries kind of made him seem older than he was like Shumpert's younger than Ken Bazemore, but you wouldn't know it by the way they play. Like <laughs> it's just one of those weird things that, you know, Bazemore brings good effort, brings good energy. He's a great guy to have off the bench. I'd be really excited if the Kings could keep him this off season at a, at a good price. And I, I think it's a realistic option to, because yeah, I don't think there's going to be a huge market for Bazemore this summer. I think they could keep him at a reasonable price, and I'd, I'd be excited about that. I think that trade was definitely a win. Yeah, I, I, like I said, I'm a huge Ken Bazemore fan. He 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 is actually 30. He'll be 31 in July, just so everyone knows out there that we, we, we do know his age. Uh, but, yeah, I, 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 I still think he's one of those players that you, you bring him back. I, I think he does exactly what you said. He fills that Ariza role nicely. And he's, I think, least expensive. He's less expensive than what you had to pay to get Ariza just to get off of his contract. You know what I mean? So, mm-hmm. I, I, I truly, I truly like it, him as a fit on this team. I hope they keep him uh, moving forward. I know there's still whispers that he can get bought out, but 
you know, all indications show that he's gonna he's gonna ride the rest of the season out with the Kings, which is a good thing in my mind. Speaking of the bench rolls, uh, we, we you brought that up talking about Kent. Let's talk about Buddy Heald coming off the bench. That's been a big topic uh, around circles that I've been talking to with Kings fans. Is Buddy needs to be starting? No, Buddy needs to stay off the bench. I'll be perfectly honest with you, Greg. I am one of those people that say keep Buddy off the bench. His defense has moved him to that place, but I still think he's an elite scorer. Take on that Lou Williams role. Come into the game. Be that scorer. If you're showing up defensively, you get to close out games. You get to be a part of that big three, those big moments, but you have to earn it, and I'm I'm actually happy that Luke Walton took that approach, but what do you say? Well, it's tricky, right? Because, I mean, I think Buddy's been playing much better off the bench. I think Buddy is really good off the bench. I don't think that's necessarily the issue. The issue is, is that going to keep Buddy content? Which, you know, some people have said he's not happy. He has said in the media that he's fine, you know, that he's happy. And, you know, it's tough to say. Is he just saying the right thing? Is he actually finding content? You know, we don't know. That's one of those things that uh, the coach in the front office should have a better read on than we do. Um, And Sam, in that athletic article, said that he may request a trade if he's still coming off the bench. So, like... I mean, yeah. he said that was a source, though. He didn't say it came from, but he just said a source said that. And I read that. I perceived it, and I, and I was on the Cowboy Kingdom show recently, and I said on that show that it when, how I perceived that when I, when I read that when Sam wrote it was someone that is probably in his camp was just letting it be known, like, hey, we're not happy right there, and we're going to make it known that we're not happy. So take that how you want to. You know, like just making a power move, like a chess move there. That's how I perceived it. But I mean, yeah, I mean, Buddy seems to be saying all the right things. But at the same time, someone's also not saying the right thing. Which, I mean, hey, a couple months ago, we would have been very happy if Buddy was just saying the right things publicly, even if he was unhappy behind the scenes. So if that's the case, I'll still take the growth. Um, But uh, I mean, the flip side of that is. Uh, Bogdan Bogdanovich. We've heard for a while now that he was unhappy coming off the bench. He thinks he's a starter. And, you know, it's not like a rivalry between the two. It's just two guys that both think they're starter quality. And I don't think necessarily that either one is totally wrong. Um, The other interesting thing is that as good as Buddy's been off the bench, Bogey's kind of struggled a little bit as a starter. Like his numbers have not been as good as they were before. And it's a smaller sample size, so I'm not terribly concerned yet. I think that the offense as a whole has looked okay with the starters with uh, Bogey in a starting spot. But he also, I don't know, he just he hasn't popped off the page as a starter in the same way that Buddy's production jumped off the bench. Yeah, Bogdanovich is an interesting player, right? Because, I mean... When when we first saw him, obviously, in the starting lineup, it was when De'Aaron Fox was down. He was basically that go-to point guard, you know, their number one option with the ball in their hand to see what he can do, um, and, and then shifted back to the bench when Fox came, and then they brought him back into the starting lineup and moved Heald to the bench to see how that would work. And like you said, I think Heald off the bench works. I, I see him in that role. I actually like Bogdanovich as a starter. The problem is is that he needs the ball in his hands to, to get his rhythm going. And the ball obviously starts in the hands of De'Aaron Fox. That's the leader of this team. He, he also seems to have the biggest upside on this team, and that's just in my opinion. But, you know, just over his last three games, Bogdanovich shot 3 of 8 from the field, 9 points, 1 rebounds, 3 assists. That was against Memphis. 2 of 11 from the field against Dallas. 6 points, 4 rebounds, 2 assists. And then he had one good game against Milwaukee. 6 of 14 from the field for 16 points, 5 rebounds, and 2 assists. I mean, nothing crazy there. Um, 
it's it's just more of an eye test thing. I, I think you have to go off the eye test. Do you think, even though the numbers show that he's struggling eye test wise, do you think he's a better fit as a starter, or do you think he should maybe move back to the bench and and be that primary ball handler off the bench? So the big thing I look at, you know, because his numbers are obviously down a little bit, but the team is doing better. You know, since the switch, the team as a whole has been playing better. Fox's numbers are good. Buddy's numbers are good. The team's record is better. I think until something there starts to slip, you maybe accept that it's fine if your starting shooting guard has lower numbers because, you know, Buddy's coming in against second units and just lighting it up. You know, he can have the ball in his hand. He can be high usage. He can be that, like you said, like a Lou Will type. That's fine. You know, the Kings can use that off the bench. You know, Bogdanovich as the starting shooting guard, you know, he's relieving some pressure for ball handling duties and, you know, playmaking from Fox. The the ball gets to be in Fox's hands more. He gets to be more aggressive right away without worrying about involving Buddy right off the bat. I think it's beneficial overall, even if we don't have a big enough sample size to really look at all the numbers and know for sure. But just from the eye test, I think it's working. And I'm willing at least to let the experiment continue to play out a little bit longer. I 100% agree. I, I, I like Bogdanovich in the starting lineup. I think it's just finding that role, how he fits in the starting lineup is still being ironed out. But him at, in that starting group and having Buddy come off the bench, I think that's that's the combination that you guys need to roll with moving forward. It, especially, like I said, they've won four out of their last six games. That's a, that's a promising sign. They they defeat a Memphis team that they needed to beat if they were going to keep playoff hopes alive, which is a perfect segue to my last question here for you, Greg. I believe they're now seven games back from that eighth seed. Could be a little bit more. Seven or eight games back. Are the Kings capable of making a final push with 24 games left in the season to take over that eighth seed and make the playoffs? Uh, no, (laughs) they, 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 uh, uh, Jason Jones tweeted out a story, uh, earlier today saying, you know, the Kings still have the eyes on the playoffs. And I responded like, I still have eyes on being an NBA player. (laughs) It's great to have dreams, but (laughs) at a certain point I have to realize I work a desk job. (laughs) uh, That's funny. It's uh, it, it's just too big of a gap. I mean, realistically, the Kings are just too far back. Uh, they'd have to bypass so many other teams, and it's just so unlikely. Now, the Kings do have a very soft schedule the rest of the way. Their record's probably going to look a little bit better than we might think at this point, you know, especially if Holmes comes back soon, which his mom tweeted out that he's you know looking like be back in like a week or two um so will they get closer than they are right now i wouldn't be surprised you know the kings aren't shutting down they have no incentive really to tank the draft class is bad uh the coach in the front office both want to keep their jobs uh so the better they look the rest of the way you know is good for all of them Uh, i don't think they'll tank so they'll still be in the hunt some teams will tank they'll kind of close some gaps there uh so would it surprise me if they ended up like the 10th seed? No, that wouldn't shock me at all. Uh, but 
I don't see them making the playoffs. It's just too far out. What's a and I know I said that was likely the last question, but this was too good of an answer. What is a good expectation for the Kings to end out the year? Like how how do you want to see this team end? Is it record wise you want to see this amount of wins? Is it the way that they play? Is it the way that they're talking post game, pre game? Like what what are you expecting to see? Like what do you want to see? I should say from this team to end out this season and heading into the off season. So record wise, as we record this, Kings are 22 and 33. So they've got, was that 27 games left? Six games back of the eighth seed. Six games back of the eight. I don't think they'll make the eight seed. I I don't think they'll make a serious threat for it. I, I, just not seen anything this season to make me think that what I would love to see more than anything is some sort of sign that all the growing pains or setbacks that they experienced this season weren't for nothing. I just want to see them play like a competent, consistent team. That was kind of what we were promised before the year started. I mean, this team for all the moving of goalposts, this team set out with a goal of making the playoffs. They can try to rewrite it however they want. They can say injuries aren't an excuse and then use injuries as an excuse. But the goal of this team was to make the playoffs. Mm -hmm. They're probably falling short and assuming they fall short this year. And if they miss the playoffs next year, the Kings will have tied the record for the longest playoff drought in NBA history. They are one season shy of the longest drought in NBA history. And so really all I want is like, give me a reason to be excited this off season. That's all I want. I, I get a reputation for being negative about the team, but I think that's mostly because the team's really bad and has been for so long. Like all I want is this team to be good. Like I would be thrilled if they could just show me something that would make me feel better. Like, Let's say Vivek decides continuity is the way to go and sticks with Vladi and Walton this summer. Like, I want these next 27 games to give me reason to not hate that. Like, convince <laughs> me that's a good idea. Like, right. that's all I want. <laughs> like, I'm not negative. I'm just saying there's so many bad things happening in front of me. I just got to point them out real quick. I can't just let them pass. It's it, it's it's definitely rough. I, I agree with you. I think continuity is the thing you're, you're going to be looking for the most, not record-wise. I mean – as we're doing this show, the the Grizzlies are losing to the Lakers already by seven. So does that six games go then to five? I still don't think the Kings really have that chance. Even if they do make it, do they really deserve to be there? And I know, I mean, it's do the does the NBA really want the Kings to be there? I think about that stuff way too much. Um, but continuity, I think, is definitely a big thing. I think you're right in saying that. I just want to say, hey. We figured out what we're doing with this team. We now know our lineups. We now know it works because at the end of last season, that's what we were saying. With Jaeger's lineups, that's what we were – or without Jaeger's – yeah, with Jaeger's lineup, that's what we were saying. Was it Jaeger? Mm-hmm. I'm having a brain fart here. With Jaeger's lineup, that's what we were saying is, okay, this is our team. This is now what we're seeing. We now know what he wants. We know defense is going to be a priority, and we know that they're going to be moving with pace. Coming into this season, we heard they're going to be faster. We're going to shoot more threes. We're going to play to our players' strengths. 
and that went downhill fast. So all I want to see is something that works, something they figured out, and something that they can consistently do on a night-to-night basis every time they touch that floor. That's all I'm asking for. I can care less about the playoffs because, like you said, I can keep dreaming about being an NBA player. I can keep dreaming about these Kings making the playoffs this year. Doesn't mean it's going to happen, but I can have hopes for next year because that's a possibility. Absolutely. All right, Greg, that has been our time. I 100% appreciate you coming on this show here today. Before I let you go, one more time, let the Kings fans know out there where they can find you online. So I'm on Twitter at GWISS and then at the Kings Herald. That's the big one to follow because that's going to be where you'll see updates on the new site, all our new content. Uh, that's where everything will slowly be shifting over the next month, and then we will launch in April. Follow him, guys. Greg Wisinger. I, I hope I'm pronouncing your last name right, too. I keep thinking about that in the back of my head. I haven't been perfectly honest with <laughs> No, you got it right. You're oh, good. <laughs> look at me go, bro. Look at, I, I've done shows with you for, I think, three years now. I'm hoping I'm getting <laughs> it right by this point. Greg Wisinger. <laughs> Sacktown Royalty, future known as the King's Herald. Go follow them at the King's Herald on Twitter and all social media platforms. Follow him at GWiz on Twitter. I have been your host today, guys, of the King's Court. You guys can follow me on all social media platforms of at VM Center. That's Vince Miracle Center, VM Center. Follow me on all social media platforms with that platform. And be sure to bookmark SackKingsNation.com for all of your in-depth coverage of the Sacramento Kings. Shout out, Greg. Shout out to the Kings fans out there listening to the show, sticking with us for all this time. Shout out All Purpose Insurance for sponsoring our show, Brickhouse Industries, for making our t-shirts and still being a, a, a sponsor of this show. And until next time, Sacramento Kings fans, bye-bye.